Hi, everybody, and welcome to Inspire the Podcast with myself, Nicola Wills. Our guest today started his career as a professional cricket player. He went on to retrain as a personal trainer and has become a community champion and owner of the award-winning J7 Health Centre in Manchester. With over 1.5 million on socials, he is best known for his inspirational, life-changing personal training with the disabled, sick and elderly in his community. He has been nominated for a Pride of Britain Award in 2023, holds two world records for the most wheelchair users in an indoor exercise class and the biggest disabled exercise class in the world. This man is a total legend and I feel like he is in my heart already. Please welcome Javino McLean. Hey, Matt. Hi, my darling. Um, let's get straight into it, girl. What's going on? My, I am just, I have never been more excited and on edge and just ready to have this conversation. So, Javino, let's take it right to the very, very beginning. Where? Tell me about baby Javino. What was he like? <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that. No one's ever asked me that before. Baby <laughs> Javino. Uh, yeah, baby Javino. Firstly, where where in the world are you? Right now, I'm in London now. I've relocated back to London, yeah. All right, then. Shout out London. But yeah, baby Javino was just a, a rather chubby, cheeky baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, listen, you know what? My story, you know what, Nick? I don't... A lot of people nowadays love the kind of rags to riches stuff, man. I think I'm never... I always try and stay away from that. I think it's human. Rewards and stuff. Rewards being from stuff. But when I was young, I was just very lucky to have a house sound i'm going to say a lot of corny stuff this podcast just to let you know right there's a lot of corny things that are going to come out of my mouth but just growing up i had a lot of love in my house <laughs> my mum was a is an is a legend i'm so lucky to have my mum and my dad both with me my dad is the coolest man on this planet and they just taught me morals they taught me and my brother and all my cousins morals and principles from a young young age and when i when i think about my childhood I just think it's not about, I was born in Jamaica, man, so I don't want to go into the poorness and the poverty and stuff like that. I just think no matter where you're born, no matter what you've got in your bank, no matter what car you drive, as long as your house is full of love, can't go wrong. As long as your house is full of energy and people that are willing to show you the right way and show you how to be a good human, that's all people really should ever need. And that's what I try and do now with my sons. Yeah, I love that. And you have such energy and fire and confidence. Did you always have that growing up? Yeah, I've been a bit mad from when I was young, Nicola. I've been a bit crazy long since I was a baby. I don't know what my mum was feeding me in the bottles, but I've been, you know what? I just, you know what, Nick? I'm a, I, I, it's gratitude. I, like, that's how I approach every day. I'm going to talk about gratitude so much in this conversation because I ain't got nothing to be sad about. I know what life could have been on the other side. I know what life could have been. I look, look, we're blessed every day. I look at my life and I go, I'm so blessed. How can I be? Look at us. We're sat here chatting on. We both look good. We're both healthy. We can both scratch our heads and our noses. We can both turn our necks. Do you know what I mean? I'm sat drinking aloe vera. Look at that. <laughs> this is a dream to somebody else. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So my energy is always like this. Cause I think there's people out there that, are wishing and dreaming for the things that we moan about especially in england we get people who moan and whinge about certain things every day and i think a, a bad day in england for most of us 
most of the people listening to this podcast, a bad day for us is paradise. It's, it's a dream for somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And I've seen I've seen the other side of the coin and I've seen the other side of the fence and I think my energy always is like that because I know a bad day to me is nothing, man. A bad day to me is something that I could ride out. And then how old are you when you moved to England? Five. Five? Yeah. So can you remember your life in Jamaica? I can. Yeah. I can, yeah, it wasn't... I'd I love, man. That's all, that, that's all that people need to know. Doesn't matter what you've got in the bag. Doesn't matter what what poverty or what whatever it, it doesn't matter as long as you've got love i saw kids i saw somebody young requires love tension and just to be seen you see what i'm saying a lot of youngsters and a lot of adults don't get seen nicola and i think that's horrible just to get seen and noticed just for somebody to say nicola how's your date yeah how how are you and just notice when you're pretending a lot of people pretend tending to be happy they're pretending to be successful but not even about the success you can when you pop really really look at somebody you can see whether they're pretending to smile or they're pretending to be happy and it's uh just to be seen and as a youngster i was always seen i was always noticed and that there is is a blessing yeah and do you think like that trait in yourself that you you are able to make people feel seen and feel like they are of value whoever they are obviously that really, that's massive within your your community and your gym did you always have that growing up you know obviously you felt seen but were you able to identify in others what that that's what they needed yeah i see beauty in people that i've always done i see beauty yeah. and i see magic in people because with me growing up my parents my brothers my family members always seen magic they always seen the beauty in me even though i was a mad kid and i was always full of energy well, I was crazy at some point they just seen the beauty in me and I can't when, when one of the earliest things that I can remember Nick I can't tell you uh, what made me do what I'm doing now I've got nobody in my family that I know that's got a disability something happened a long time ago with me that I can't to this day I, I, I can only tell you what's in my heart I can only tell you what actually happened I can't tell you a reason for what I, why I did what I did I was about 16 I've been training people free. Anybody disabled or ill, I've been training them free for 22 years, man. Uh, I'm very proud of that. I've never took a penny off anybody. And I'm one of the first reasons, one of the first incidents I'll ever remember was when I was 16. Rest in peace to Ishmael. Ishmael is the gentleman I'm going to talk about now. I passed away. I was doing a cricket session. Doing a cricket session on the field with a bunch of lads. Corner in the eye, I seen... Uh, an Asian family that were playing cricket and there was a gentleman in a wheelchair couldn't take my eyes off him I could not take my eyes off this man because I'm looking at him saying you want in you want to be involved the family are running about doing all, having loads of fun and he sat there I'm, I couldn't take my eyes off him so I stopped my session and I don't know what made me go over couldn't tell you I stopped my session and I come over to and it could have went could have gone so wrong because these guys didn't know me yeah you know what I mean? They could have turned they could have turned around and said, mate, get out of it. I said, Who is this man to all of you? One person said it's my dad, other person said, my uncle, my brother. So I said, How dare you not get him involved? I said, How dare you lot sit here having all this fun and not let him get involved? And but I said, This is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play a giant cricket match. And I rolled Ishmael over to the cricket and I gave him the cricket bat. And I said, This is what we're gonna play. Every one of you guys are gonna bowl at him. 
if he hits the ball, you if you if you bowl the ball at him and he misses, nothing happens. If he hits the ball, everybody does one press up or one burpee. And Ben Nick, when this game finished, again, man, this is corny yourself, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm a dad now. I've got two beautiful kids, right? And sometimes your kids give you hugs that. Let's melt your soldier. I mean, and after this game, this man, why come over to me? Couldn't speak a word of English. Nick, she give me a hug that I knew exactly. And she didn't let me go for 10 minutes, Nick. She gave me this hug that I knew exactly what she was trying to say. And then he come over. They spoke broken English. And he wasn't born disabled. He was, a, it was an accident. And he became disabled. Uh... He said it's the first time in 20 years that he's felt alive. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't know I, I don't know why I went over. And I've always been like that. If I see something, I'm going to say something. And I yeah. see when I see people that look like they're not getting the attention or love that they deserve, she, you know, we've intervened. I ain't got no choice. I can't control it. I'm gonna If I feel like I can put a smile on your face, if I can make you kind of... Uh, enjoy the moment and be very present with me and we can do this and enjoy and laugh and live together i i have to go there i have to yeah i mean and what an amazing gift for you to know that you have at such a young age yeah. you know that's a 16 year old as a 16 year old boy you know some people don't find their calling till they're like 30 40 so even though obviously you were playing cricket at that time and that was what you believed to be your profession it's almost like your inner guidance system was calling you to do your true calling, which obviously you found a little bit later on. So let's just talk about your cricket career. And um, did that, were you always interested in cricket? Is that something that yeah, you... Cricket, cricket, cricket was my first love. Cricket yeah. was my first love was uh, the thing that all I ever wanted to do was play top-notch cricket. All I ever wanted to do was play cricket. And I was a monster. I mean, I was not eight years, eight, nine years old doing 100, 150 press-ups a day, 100 sit-ups a day. I was... I was a monster. But then as I've gotten older, I've seen a side of cricket that I didn't like. I went to India and I found that there was an opportunity for me to do some stuff with the boys in India because yeah. one of the conditioners got injured. And I just felt more enjoyment about what I could do with other people than myself. And yeah. Lord is a really good athlete, Nick, but I felt I got more enjoyment about what I could do with other people. And cricket, I owe everything to cricket. Cricket kind of made me the person I am. And it gave me a lot of principles and morals. But I think health and well-being, man, I think uh, it was in a horrible place. I've, ne I've never liked it, Nick. I'm not going to lie. The fitness industry, I've never liked it. Yeah. I've never. You will never see Javino with his top off. You will never see me flexing my six-pack. I ain't trying to sexualize everything. I ain't trying to sell sex. I'm trying to sell real inspiration. And I think from a very young age, I remember I did quite a few things where a lot of people, when I, when I started training people, uh... I had opportunities where people wanted to do photo shoots with my top off and jumping on the pull-up bar. I said, you ain't never going to see me doing that. My, my, I'm not trying to get people to say, oh, look at his six-pack, look at his body. I'm trying to touch people's hearts and souls. I'm trying to touch people's minds. And I don't need to take my top off for that. And I've already, I'm, I'm very proud that I've, I've always been that person. And yeah. whatever's happening with me now, it's because of just real magical work and, and organic, beautiful things that people are witnessing rather than me taking my top off you know what i mean yeah yeah totally and i think that i think for someone who outside you know i i exercise because i like you know i'm a dancer and i like dancing but i would definitely say even from a, a non like you know fitness professional especially on social media 
and I think this would be for the case of like normal people, we look at the you know the the Instagram profiles, the TikTok profiles of these people who are like supposed to be like our body inspirations, and it's almost like that toxic positivity, mm. like you know you're going to get these abs and you can get this and you can be so sexy, and it it's just so far away from reality that it doesn't make it um, approachable or accessible for normal folk and especially someone potentially who might be in a wheelchair or might be you know feeling less than because they're not their normal healthy self and what you have done is you bridge that gap like fitness is fitness when people want to stay healthy and they want to feel better and and you know have a, a, a positive shift and exercise can 100% do that but you have bridged that gap to make it feel accessible for everyone and i believe why you how you've done that is through your energy transparent of course energy it's, transferable 100 percent bill i'm lo- i love talk- i love that you said energy yeah that work. i mean it, it's not about the sit-ups it's not about the pull-up it's, it's about the the, the inner you what you were put on this planet to do is pouring out of you it's your cup overfill is overfilling into other people and they are receiving that energy, which gives them the power to be able to do the things that they potentially think they can't do. 100%. You know what, Nick? I'm going to tell you how you change the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a secret of how you change the world. Energy, love, and vibe. Those are, listen to me. And see, I'm not a scientist, girl. Slim. Energy is one of the most powerful things on this planet. Energy... If I give you the right energy, you will move mountains for me. I could say to you, hey, Nick, me and you are going to go fight ice and fury and you would come with me, right? Energy is transferable. If you give somebody the right energy, you're letting them know that I believe in you. Mm-hmm. So all people really want you or me or able-bodied, disabled. All mm-hmm. people want is somebody to believe in them. I mean, if they give it you back, it's uh, they believe in you. So it's a lack of mutual respect. And I just like love. Biggest way you can show somebody you love him, in my opinion, very underrated, he's just listening, having a keen interest in what you're seeing. Actually, I want to know, are you okay? I'm not just doing it like I do in the doctors where people have to ask, tick a box. I'm saying, Nicola, are you good? Are you okay? And if I see something that's not right, no, Nick, we ain't training today, girl. We're going to sit in my office and, are you good? I can see something. Do you know what I mean? See, listening, I've been a real interested. But the third one is a vibe. A vibe to me is the most important thing. After energy, a vibe is creating an atmosphere that you can be a part of. Yeah. And the gym and the fitness world can be one of the most intimidating, lonely places. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Mum, dad, granddad, grandma, cat, dog, guinea pig, goldfish, anybody in your family should be able to walk in. That's why I created J7, a facility where anybody should walk into and not feel intimidated, not feel afraid. You should walk into and the vibe and atmosphere should wrap you up and give you a big hug where you go, Do you know what, I belong here. I belong, no matter who you are, I belong here. And I think it all stems from having this real organic energy. And I think it's so, so contagious. Man. I couldn't agree more. So tell us about the vision that you had on your mum's floor, creating what you have created today. And you know, back then, did you know about the power of visualization and the law of attraction or is this sloppy you know that you were like this is my vision and goal i'm going to write it down i'm very stubborn like <laughs> like me wife told me everything <laughs> well I, the vision that i had was very simple 
I said, I could have got a facility that was on two floors and three floors and all of that. Because that's what everybody, yeah. not all you own gym, but I said, no. I said, I created a vision of my mum's kitchen on a piece of paper that's all got to this day. A vision of a place where everybody was on one floor that loved that energy would do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be on the second floor. I if I want me if I'm doing my thing over here and Nicola's over there doing her thing and then you've got Billy Bob over there doing I want I, I want to be able to go you and you go yes I am good Billy you and the energy don't say it's in the room I bet before you know it the room the whole room is filled with energy and vibe and it's mad where if you're on the second floor doing your thing and I'm on the third floor I can't see you I can't vibe up your energy. You see what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah. on one floor, people didn't really believe in it until it became magical what it is today. The way it is on a piece of paper is exactly how it is today. And I'm, I love it, man. I love, I, I just believe in, I think everyone's got a, a energy that somebody else can take from. Yeah. Even if you don't, you, there's people out there that don't even know it, that they carry certain energies that somebody will pick up on that and go, you know what? I like that. I'm going to take some, and then they, it, it's like a domino. So. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. How long ago was that, that you wrote that on your mum's floor? Well, not on the floor. On, on the, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. I think 13, 14 years ago. Really? And so you'd, and after you had that experience in India where you were like, really, you felt like the coaching side, like you helping others was more, for you did you come back from from there and then go okay i'm going to retrain as a pt is that how it started no because i've been trained so even during my cricket career i was a, I was a pt i was a qualifier oh uh, okay okay so when i was when i was 16 and i was doing when i first started doing stuff with disability people i was working for manchester council so i started out in manchester council when i was 16 doing fitness sessions and sports sessions when i was 16 and then cricket was Something that I've always done as regards to I played for Lancashire, played for Worcestershire, when, when I went to India, but I've always been a trainer. But when the, when I was in India is when I said, you know what? My love for this is more yeah. than that. That makes sense. Yeah. And when I came, when I came back from India is when I said, you know what? My heart's in, 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 in training people rather than I was, I was, I was, a, I was an amazing athlete. Like that sounds really boastful, but I was, I put so much work in just to be a monster of an athlete. And it got to the point where I said, what do I get in this? Yes, I'm, I'm the strongest and I'm the fastest, but who cares? And what does that do for me? That doesn't help change anybody or inspire. That inspires me. That makes people go, oh yeah, Jane, you're so strong. Well, they do nothing for me. Mm-hmm. But when someone's family comes to me and says, oh my God, thank you so much because what you've done for my daughter or my brother or my wife or my whoever, that to me is worth more than any amount of money, you know what I mean? Totally. Okay, that feel that you have made a difference yeah. is is just priceless. And so it all started with a lady called Brenda. Is that right? Yeah, Brenda. So Brenda, I love Brenda. Brenda's the queen, man. Brenda's associate to this day. She comes every week, every couple of that couple times a week. She's the only member of my of my facility that's got her. She doesn't pay a penny, lifetime membership. The reason why I speak about Brenda so highly, Nick, is she's the first person that believed in my methods and my energy. So when I started doing the stuff with the council when I was 16, 
when I started doing real, when I got a proper contract with with the council, probably, uh, I can't remember when it was, probably 13, I can't remember, probably about 15 years ago. So basically when I started when I was 16, it was part-time doing coaching because I was still in college and whatnot. Mm. When I when I got hired by the council full-time, possibly I started doing classes and I remember there's this one muppet in the council. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> when he said something to me that, that I'll never forget. We was doing, when I started doing the classes, adult classes, the classes were dead. I had to do them all over Manchester. There were like 300 classes that I was in charge of all over Manchester. And they kept on saying to me, flyers, posters, flyers, posters. I said, don't you dare put my name on flyers, posters, every meeting, flyers, posters. You can't sell my energy on no flyer. If you see my, if you see, come to Javino Circuit class, 6 p.m. on a Monday, people will just fold it up and throw it. So I said, energy and vibe. I said, when you come into my presence and you feel what I've got to give, hopefully you like it and you can pass it on to somebody else. That's how we bring longevity. That's how you build. He didn't believe it. He said to me, it's not like you've got the busiest classes in the world, Jay. So I said, I have it right now. So then for say five months, my first circuit class, me and this little old lady, Brenda, for five months, nobody else. But Nick, every session I gave it up. Every session we laughed, we lived, we enjoyed each other's company. We had the best time. Five months and just me and Brenda. And then guess what happened? Brenda liked it so much and believed in me so much she told one person. That person then became, told somebody else. Before you know it, after five months of just being me and Brenda, we had five, then 10, then 20, then 30. We got too big. We had to go to another facility. It became 40, 50, 60, 70. It became too big for that facility. We had to go to my old high school called Our Ladies, where it became 90, 100, 110, 120, 130, to the point where uh, it became the busiest class in the UK. And I had every Tuesday, I had 140 people at the class. Wow. It became the busiest class in the UK. And to this day, I don't think it's ever been beaten. And it all came with Brenda, I think. If she would have just got us after the first couple sessions, it's dead. Oh, this is nothing. Now it's dead. I'm going. She enjoyed it. She stuck with me. She she understood. She got the assignment. Yeah. That's what the kids are saying now, isn't it? So I've got a great yeah. assignment. She got the energy. She understood what I was trying to do. She understood that I was trying to disguise exercise. Yeah. I was trying to make exercise, but not like it wasn't scary. A lot of people yeah. scared. Yes, yeah, she got it. And then she passed it on to somebody else. And before you know it, I, so when I then decided to open J7, I had so many people that I've been training in the community for so many years through the council that just automatically joined J7 and I'd hold it, I'd hold it all down to Brenda if she wasn't for her commitment and loyalty to me. Would I have gone on to become this community figure? I don't think so. Love that. Question, mm. how do you disguise exercise? By showing, you know what, you disguise exercise by improving people's self-worth. You, you decide you disguise exercise by empowering people when they don't even know it. See, self-worth, like right? self-worth is the most, one of the most important things on this planet. And it's a shame that some of the smartest things on this planet, you know, they could, are they not, they're the greatest. Like, I'm not going to guess your age. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're about my, I don't know. We're, we're, we're out there. <laughs> I'm not going to go down there. But I, I'm nearly 40. 
I'm not nearly 40. I'm 37. I'm kind of nearly 40. I think I'm 38. But a coffee, some music, going to listen to some music or going to a park. Some of the greatest things that we have are the smallest things. And is it, isn't it a shame that some people have got, they don't feel like they're worthy of living a happier, healthier life. It's so sad. So the way I disguise exercise is by really improving people's self-worth. And the best way I can do that is by, by literally beating down on everyone's inner critic. We've all got an inner critic. The inner critic's that person that says, nah, you should be wearing that. No, you shouldn't do that. So the way I try and disguise exercise is when I see that little muppet creeping out, when I speak to somebody, it could be, Jay, I don't think I can do 10 reps, Jay. Jay's old, Jay, I don't think I can do 10 reps. I say, cool, now you're going to do 15. You see what I did? Yeah, yeah. Now you're gonna, so the other day, one of my, one of my uh, lovely ladies, Auntie, Auntie Brenda, she, uh, she dresses all black, Auntie Brenda. <laughs> yeah. Not Brenda that we were just speaking about. This is a different Brenda. She dresses in all black. Old Jamaican lady. She said, Jay, I'm going to fix it up a little bit, Jay. I'm going to start putting some colours in my wardrobe. So I said, yeah, girl, do that. Do it. She came in the, the next day uh, with a peach hat on. And then I said, I walked in and she went, she took it off and threw it on the floor and it. And said, nah, nah, I'm too old to be wearing that. I picked it up straight away, put it back on the head and said, girl, you wear that. It looks beautiful. I said, you wear that. So I think the way you disguise exercise, the way you disguise exercise is by really targeting people's self-worth and really filling them with can do, really filling them with that they can do anything. And when they do that and they feel like, you know what, I can do this. I'm supposed to be here. Exercise is secondary. Exercise, they can, they'll do anything that I want them to do. As long as they know that they are worthy yeah. and they, that they deserve it. I hope that makes sense. Makes complete sense. And the thing is, is when you, when someone believes in you that you can do it, you get that feeling that, well, if he believes in me, perhaps I can do it. Which then, when you complete that, you know, I feel like self-worth is, is gained when you do hard things. So when you're pushing these people to do one more, I believe in it, you can do it. And then they achieve it. That that little self worth measurer within them just pots up a little bit more and a little bit more. And so, obviously, if they're coming to you on a weekly basis, you're filling up that worth up. And it just once you have that feeling of self worth, I feel like it took me a long time. Like I'm 40 now, but I actually didn't get self worth really until I was about 32. How? You know, and I didn't even know that I was missing it until I found it. And I was like, holy shit, this is what it feels like to back myself. This is what it feels like to not let others treat my, treat me like a piece of shit and be believe that that's what I'm worthy of. And when you do, when you get self-worth, everything changes. Everything changes in your life. And so, you know, the fact that you're like, you're giving people self-worth whilst also making them healthy it's like the perfect recipe for success you know for, for that person and obviously you know what your business is and so let's go on to j7 now i'm going to share with you how i found you one night scrolling on my instagram as you do aimlessly you just popped up and uh, for those that don't know i had um a disabled brother his name was graham at severely, severely disabled in his wheelchair, can't, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, um, was wearing pads, um, couldn't feed himself, so severely disabled. And so I'm a huge advocate 
for the disabled community and I used to work within in my summer holidays every summer holidays, I'd always work at um the daycare center for disabled adults so I and I like I feel like you'd be like I've got so much energy I would go into the the daycare center and I'd be like right we're not sitting here feeling like we're trying to waste time we're going to get out we're going to go on the bus we're going to go have some food we're going to you know and just pour the energy that I have into them so when I was scrolling and then you popped up it was like you know when your heart just like feet so hard it goes into your throat and I was like this man and what you are doing is just so special and so needed and I know that if my brother was you know alive and we had found you I would have he'd have been straight in the back of the van we'd have been straight up to Manchester just to get in your presence and be in that energy in that community that can do community because is it is so unique and so so special and so you know from from that side just thank you thank you so much for you know what Nick? that that, that you know what you just said then like this and this is this is why i do what i do because at the end of the day you know what the most important thing in the world is even before this we, we pressed record we spoke about family my auntie passed away Three years ago, look out, oh, it mashed you up, Nicky was there. Like, I'm lucky, I look at it as I'm lucky, I'm 38, and first time I've really had a real damaging loss, heart pain. Mm -hmm. Like, heart pain is the worst pain, man. Uh, and what do we say? What do I, I remember when she died, man, the amount of tears, like, I can't even put into words, um, pain. Even to this day, I don't, I, I struggle going to the grave because you can't put into words how much you love somebody, man. Yeah. You can't. So that's, I don't even attempt it. But what do what do people say when they when they lose somebody? Oh, I'd give anything to spend one day with that. Give me one more minute with my auntie. Give me one more. Give me ten seconds, bro. Yeah. So now, if you're gonna help somebody from the purest part of your soul, we live in a horrible world, man. I, I sorry, I get a bit emotional when I talk about this shit. But we live in a horrible world where people chase money. Money's their god. If I really want to help somebody with cancer, with somebody with a disability, I don't care about your money. I don't care about what's in your bank account. About helping you from the purest part of my soul. There ain't no Nat West down there. There ain't no Lloyd CSP. If I take money for that transaction, I'm helping you because I want financial gain. I don't give a shit about the money. I care about you and what I can do with you. If I feel like I can bring some joy or happiness to your life, that's what I want to do because I actually want to do it. Mm -hmm. And in two years, I took a penny off people. But guess what? You see, when you was talking then about your brother, I could see how much you love your brother. And that love will never go. That, that love, I can feel it from the screen. But guess what? When I train somebody, and I put so much effort into it, honest to God, Nick, I can't, words can't, I can't, I'm not going to try to attempt to say how much effort I put in, man, every single day. So just making people really happy. Because when the family members then come to me and say, Jay, what you that happiness filters through that whole family so it got like imagine in another world i could train your brother i would make him so happy Nick. and then when you would you and your mom and your family members would see that i've made the whole family happy yeah and that to me is where i get the joy when i see like a couple of weeks ago one of my uh, elderly ladies passed away her mom came her, her daughter came and spoke to me and said jay Thank you for giving us 
six more months of memories with my mum. Because maybe if she didn't have come, if she wasn't coming to me, she it, she might have passed away earlier. But the fact that she came to me and it made her enjoy life more than live longer, so to speak, I'll give that family six more months of great memories with the mum. Yeah. And I think you can't put that into words, man. That doesn't you, no no amount of money, no amount of suitcase of money can compare with the words that people say to me and the joy that you can bring to someone's family. It's unbelievable, man. I'm just we're seeing you chat about you over there. It just makes me think. But with real love, but that's what the, the, it sounds corny. Like I said to you at the start, is we'll say a lot of corny shit and don't care. We, we people have forgotten how to love each other. And the fact is, I look at the stuff that I'm doing, Nick, and I go, wait, I'm not doing nothing magical, you know, Nick. All I'm doing is treating people normal. I ain't trying to, I ain't, I ain't coming up with no new posture. All I'm doing is say, treating you the same as you, the same as you, because disabled people don't come with a sob story. Disabled people ain't no different to you or me. If I seen your brother and I was ever in the presence of that man, I would treat him just as I would treat you. I would tell him the same jokes, shit dad jokes that I tell you. I'll try and make, I'll try and do this exactly the same. Disabled people all over the world are not saying to people, Feel sorry for me. No. Say motivate me. The saying is the saying inspire me. Make jokes with me, not around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think treating people normal is where the magic is and there's so much power in just caring. And the world is lacking that mate. Yeah, and he I couldn't agree more. And that's something that I'm really, really passionate about. Seeing Everyone is equal. We are all just having a different experience on this earth. Just because someone happens to be able to talk and run doesn't mean that they're better and should be treated any differently that someone is in a, a chair and can't speak. And and it's and it's on us to be able to, you know, do that. And and actually, like you said, you know, your your channel is incredible, but it almost shouldn't be because because actually what? I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing. I know. Yeah, yeah. But you are because not like no one's doing it. But it shouldn't be because actually everybody should be treated the same with the same amount of love and respect. Oh. And you know, my brother would have loved you so much. Like you're, he was all about the energy, you know. And we, you, he just loved laughing. And I've seen you. You, you're so funny and silly and over the top with all of your uh, you know clients that he would just love you and i just you know i've shared this with you before but it's actually on wednesday so this is a recording on a monday so this wednesday is actually a year at the 4th of october since my brother passed and you know i don't know if you believe in what you know your starts are but i just believe in energy and energy never dies it can only be transferred so he might not be here in physical form and he suffered, you know, in his physical body. But I believe, I'm nervous is running, <laughs> I believe that he is here right now. Like his spirit, his energy is with me. There is no coincidence that I'm having this talk with you, someone that he would have benefited from, loved so much and, and been a part of your community so much within like seven, 42 hours, 48 hours of his passing. It's just it's just magic. And so, you know, like whether Graham brought me to you, I'm not sure, but I just, I'm so grateful for this 
but you said yes to, to speaking to me and to this conversation because for me this is this is what I want my podcast to be about I want this message to be spread more than anything you know it's we're called inspire not because inspire to become millionaires inspire to become the best human that we can be of course of course and I think you know what we're just I'll tell you a funny story about treating people down on it. One of my youngsters, like, this is how crazy it was. I remember people looked at me like I was a madman when this happened. One of my youngsters, right, it's called Abdul Rahman. That's what I call him. <laughs> yeah. Abdul Rahman. He's a he's a blind team GB footballer. He's a wonderful kid. But he's a, he's a uni kid. He goes uni. He's a lot of shit. He's a, he's, he goes uni and he does what uni people do and he's a lot he's 19 well 19 year old just a university sorry for swearing little shit he's a, I love him to death <laughs> so anyway if you turn up to my classes or anything and you're late you will be doing burpees or press ups even my wife she gets mad at me if you're late babes drop down I need 10 I need burpees so the first time Abdul come in <laughs> he came in and he was late. So I, he walked in, I took his stick off him. I said, all right, then you owe me 10 press ups. And everybody looked and went, I went, is he any different to you or me? No. So I said, fuck it. I said, drop your little ass down and give me that 10. And he did his press ups. He came up and he was laughing his head off. I mean, I was saying to people, he ain't no different. And Abdul even said, I hear Jay every day telling people you're late. Give me 10 press-ups. You're late. Give me 10 bird beans. If I'm late and he didn't do that to me, is that treating me normal? Yeah. Probably not. And that just shows you about normality and there's just so much power in it. And I think, you know what? It's about attention as well, Nick. I think this... Have you not noticed, like, some of the... <laughs> some of the, the most miserable souls I've ever met in my life have been wealthy people. Some of the most miserable people on this planet have been people with dope. Because they get something called uh, sustained attention. It's where I'm good, like in the big corporate offices, I'm going to give you attention, boss, until the task is complete. Once a task is complete, my attention's gone. Where the real, the real attention that actually really changes people and affects people in such a in powerful way that will stay forever is when it's personal attention, where the attention is, I don't care about what's in your bank account. I don't care what car you drive. Are you good? Are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Monday to Sunday, are you good? Are you okay? Is there anything I can do? When somebody knows that you've got them like that, mm. they will trust you in ways that are well. If they know that, wait, Jay's not asked about the time or money. Jay's just asking, am I okay? Like, do you ever ask somebody, are you okay? Or ask them a question and they kind of go, what, what me? That's what we've become a society of. Sometimes when I go to London and I try and speak to people, they, they, they're shot. They're looking at back like, <laughs> what, you're talking to me? And I think a lot of people have become like that. Yeah. And I think it's the saddest thing. It's the saddest thing. And you know what? Look at this now. I'm going to ask you a question, Nick. Right? I know I'm rambling a bit, but I need to get it out. I'm going to show you how the world's become. Nicola, what do you like about yourself? Um, I like that I'm compassionate. Yeah. Um, and I like that I have empathy for other, others and I feel like I can see people's true soul without them saying much. Brilliant. Well, you just ruined the whole thing. So basically, oh. that question, <laughs> that question, 
fantastically answered. You asked that question to a bunch of people. I know, I know. And they struggled. People struggle to love and appreciate themselves. You asked that question. I, I did a talk the other day, uh, JP Morgan in London. Bunch of rich people in this room, mate. You ask them what you like about yourself, you can hear a pin drop. And I'm thinking, wow, and is that what we've become now where people don't really love and appreciate themselves? So I always purposely try and when us the guys that I train, I need you to love and appreciate yourself. But if I see any little inkling that you don't love and appreciate yourself, you best believe I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. I'm going to keep on feeding it you until you love and appreciate yourself just like the way I love and appreciate you. Yeah, and you have, what you definitely have, I, I can see, is that if someone says, yeah, yeah, I'm okay, you can see through that. It's like you oh. can see someone's true self, even if they can't see it themselves. Have you always, have you always had that? I think I've learned to love people. That's where I think that's where it comes from. Okay. So I, I don't think I've always had that. I'm not going to lie. So now what I mean by that is, again, without being corny, is what I, I found, I'm here for the corny. Look. Oh, you're here for the corny? We, I am the corniest of the corns. Like, the thing I'm. <laughs> what, what I try and do, Nick, right, is I try and build for forever friendships. I, and the way you do that is, I'm going to tell you this now, Nick. If me and you become friends, right, where I know your story and you know mine, you know my wife, my kids, my mum, my dad, I know about your brother, your mum, your family in Dorset, and I know your story and we become friends, you ain't got no choice. Because if I love you and you become my friend, I'm going to see through the bullshit. If you're pretending, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. Nick, what's going on? I'll, and that, that's whether that's in the gym or your personal life, I've got you. If you become my friend, it could be a, a hurricane, it could be King Kong, could be Godzilla that comes through this room right now. Nick, are you good? That's and, and with all of my guys, once we become friends, I see through that bullshit. You can pretend all you need. Listen, quick story, true story. One of my youngsters, Joshy. Love Joshy to death, man. Joshy's my... my I love, love Joshy. He's on your, he's your, on your Instagram. But yeah. Like, yeah. Love Joshy. Joshy's my little bro. Joshy's been through a horrible time. Lost his mum a couple of years ago. Every now and then he gets emotional and he goes through some stuff. Like we all do. And a while ago, a couple of months ago, something wasn't like... He was turning up and he just pretended. Something wasn't like... And I kept on telling him. I kept on saying to him, yo, you good. And just being strong and brave. And I said to him, we ain't doing shit today. We ain't doing nothing. I know you ain't, you can trick, you can trick them. I look at you. I'm not looking around you or through you like, like a lot of people do. I, I do, most people do it. You know, sometimes you're talking to somebody, not really listening. You're thinking of a way to get out or whatever. Mm. I look at you when I'm looking at Josh. I can see when you're in pain, boy. I can see the pain in your eyes. And Benny ended up telling me there's certain things going on. And I said, I knew it. So don't ever try and trick me. Yeah. Because I think when you really love somebody and you care for them, you, when you actually look at him, you can see it, Nick. Yeah. You can see whether someone's pretending and, and they're hiding behind a smile. And I think a lot of people hide behind a And that connection of energy, it's like you fused your energy to his. And so when his in an alignment with what you know to be his truth, it's like I can feel your, your, it's something is off. Yeah, and that's amazing. So, can you just share with me the setup of your gym? Is it exclusively for people with disabilities and illnesses, or is it a, a gym and that 
they are it, no it's a community the, the, the disability section and the elderly section that's just a section they did. my gym's open to the community okay great a few a few daft people online i don't know who these platforms are just gone on posted stories my gym's open to the public okay and i get loads of just community people it's just this section of my section, anybody in the community, anybody in my, anybody in the world, it seems like, because people come from all over the world, anybody yeah. that's able, anybody that's uh, going through an illness or cancer or a disability, they get everything for free. That's, they get PTs and they get their own trainers. That that section has always been, and it'll, that will never change, no matter what happens. I've never, yeah, they will never change. Have you experienced what you might feel like to be a miracle when training people that say no i can't do that i can't do that and then with your energy and your persistence you've seen them do things that they never thought possible never never a miracle but, because, but i hear what you say you know reason why i don't think it's a miracle nick is because i've seen them do amazing things where honestly because things that they never thought that was possible well, I don't think it's a miracle because I knew you could do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you think I'm? Why do you think I'm this guy? Yeah. So when I'm talking to people and I'm, and I, and sometimes you see me celebrating so much in it when they do certain things and I'm so happy. Well, the reason why I'm happy is because I told you so. Yeah. I told you, girl. I took care of Amy, Josh, the Ed, EJ. When they achieved these magical things, I said, mm, "Told you." Like, I wasn't just talking shit. Yeah. You get people who just talk nonsense because it looks cool. What if I say, yo, DJ? DJ is my, one of my youngsters with uh, Down syndrome. He does a lot of the jumping stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. DJ, said, bro, despite your, despite your disability and your Down syndrome, you're one of the sickest athletes I've seen. Not sickest uh, athlete with down syndrome yeah you're one of the best athletes i've seen i know you can jump on this so when he does it and everyone's going amazing and i think yes it is but guess what i told you so because when i say to when i say to somebody i believe in you i'm not doing it in a way to think just to tick a box and because it looks cool and because as a coach i'm supposed to believe in my client no 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 i don't say it if i don't feel it Nick. yeah of course so and this is, this is why i get a lot from this as well because a lot of people don't realise that, yes, it's therapeutic for the client, but for me, they're my therapy, man, right? Yeah. Just to see them living life, Nick, like one of my girls, man, beautiful Amy. Amy's my baby. I love her to death, man. Amy's my young young girl from Manchester with several parties. She's been through a horrible time. In her doing what young girls should be doing, she went through a favourite. She was very reclusive. She had a horrible time, man. She went to uh, Ariana Grande, she was there at the Ariana Grande situation in Manchester. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, man, it, 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 it changed her life in a horrible way. She was very reclusive. I think she didn't leave her house for a long time. To see her now living, Nick, think about when you was 26, what you did. She deserves that. She she should get them same opportunities. And now, got a little boyfriend that, that I'm going to beat up when I see him, by the way. So she's got a little boyfriend. Yeah. She's always texting and she wears a coat. She's just doing what normal 26-year-old young girls should be doing. And that, to me, is where the magic is. That, to me, is where I go, do you know what? I've helped to bring her back to that. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I totally... You know, like you're saying about like she's wearing the clothes. 
I think people underestimate the power of that. So something that we used to do with my brother, you know, was dress him with cold clothes. Like, just because he's in a wheelchair, he doesn't want granddad's shoes. He doesn't want some horrible zip-up granddad cardigan. And people don't appreciate how that, how important that is. You know, and obviously he couldn't even communicate that to us. But it's like any of us, you know, you have your hair cut. You've got some cool clothes on. You feel better. And and just being able to do that and emphasize that. And, you know, I used to see so much at the at the daycare center, these, you know, especially some disabled adults that their parents couldn't take care of them anymore and they were in homes and they would just turn up. I mean, it literally just breaks my heart. And I would be like, it's not okay. That is not okay to be for people not to care Oh, any old shit, they'll put them in. Oh, they don't need a wash today. Oh, she's just, you know, oh, we haven't brushed their hair. And like, oh, the, it's, so I had to be going out by full, like, makeup set, my hair brush. I'd go to Primark, I'd get them some bag of clothes, you know, and we'd be like, and then when they would leave, and it's, it kind of gets the same thing as, you know, the, the exercise, that you would leave feeling like she, she cared. Someone, cared about someone trimmed my hair got the earwax out of my ears because people just don't care and you know when they, when they aren't able to do that themselves that whole feeling of like well i don't feel worthy and the people that are around me don't think i'm worthy either because they're not giving me time and attention to make me feel good it's just the little things that and, and again i would leave there i even considered because my dream was always to be a former and that's what i went on to do as in my in my career in my 20s but there was a time when, when I considered going, maybe performing isn't for me. Maybe I do, I'm not sure what I would have done, but just more like with disabled adults, like that was where, you know, my brother, I used to work with him and it was just, it's just magic. The thing that- The small things, the small the, things. The small things that we completely take for granted I remember I took this one guy called Tim on the bus once um, and, and he was like screaming with delight because he'd never been on a bus. He'd always been on the disabled coach, but he'd never been on a bus and had, you know, five pounds in his hand to pay for the bus driver because no one could be bothered to take him because it was like too much effort. And so just to take him, Tim Himby's his name was, on that bus, the joy. And I can still, yeah, it makes me emotional now, the joy, I could feel that from him. It's like, he would have considered that to be one of the best days of his life, just going on a bus. And it's like, you know, and I'm such an advocate for gratitude. So it's your podcast and I'm like, having my own podcasting. Gratitude is everything. Everything, everything, everything. And so, you know, I just... What you just said then is the core of what I am. I love it to death. When I said... Few weeks ago, I did I did another conference. <laughs> I did a conference, and I got there was a five hundred people in the room, and I said, "Everybody stand up if you can." And they all stood up. Said that. So I said, "Everyone scratch your head." Said, everyone scratch your nose. We all scratched the nose, and I said, I "Said, do you see how blessed you are? See how lucky you are?" Every day of my life, I've been training people who everything that you just did was a dream mm. that will probably never come true. You see how blessed you are. 
that young man going on a bus. I know. Like how much joy that brings to him. And this is what I've come to realise. Gratitude is the most powerful tool that I've got to use every single day. And this is why I'm at the most days I'm exhausted, Nick. Well, I, I love what I do. I work 90 hour weeks. I don't feel tired when I'm here because I love what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, I'm exhausted because I know the people that I'm training. I'm so lucky to be me. I'm so, you're so lucky to be me. Some people that I train, every pe people that I train, I go through so many things, man. I train people with terminal cancer. I train people, I train people, I train somebody this morning. Four months left to live. There's a countdown to when that person's, there's a countdown to his last breath. Wow. He's chosen to be not. And I literally go, ah, fail me. You ain't never going to see me in a bad mood or sad because my bad day isn't like that. And that to me makes me go, I need to give you the greatest experience of your life every time you know, Whether that's somebody in a wheelchair, I call a young beautiful girl that I train called uh, Shania. Nice gorgeous man, she's non-verbal. But for a girl who's non-verbal, she talks some shit! <laughs> right? With Shania, she communicates with her eyes and every time she comes in, we just have banter. She doesn't laugh at my jokes as much as she should, where but funny as hell. But her energy and when I'm with her, I just literally go, She's amazing. For somebody who's been giving the cards that she's been given, doesn't complain. She's, she smiles, she laughs, she loves Anastasia. So every time she comes in, I got to put on I'm out of love. Seventy three. Yeah. It's the only song I complain <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, but I just think we're so we're so blessed and grateful to be what well, I feel I am, and I think how, how can you not give everybody? How can you not give some someone everything when you know what it's like on the other side? And I think I always try to say to people: put yourself in position where go to countries, go to places where you see real poverty and real struggle, so that you can have that gratitude when you come back to England. Personally, how? Do you, you know, when someone, for example, a client comes in this morning and he ha has terminal cancer, like, is there part of you, because even like, there's this feeling like there's the hope beyond that he's not going to die. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I no, I don't know what you mean. I, I don't even think about that. Like, I'm very, you know, one of my, one of the things that I think I'm really, really good at, and I think I've realized this, I've gotten older. I'm really good at being present. Okay. I'm really good at being present. And what I mean by that is the natural instinct of someone. When I, when I was younger, it used to be shit. Yeah. Someone's got terminal cancer and your mind starts to go here and there and there. Can't control the future. But one thing I can guarantee is the 30 minutes that you're going to spend with me now, I'm going to give you the best energy. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to make you forget everything. Even if it's just for 30 or 20 minutes, I guarantee your little fantasy world with Javino, I'm going to give you the best movie I can. Mm. And then that's all that matters. What we're doing right now. And after that, yeah. you'll see. Yeah. And next week, I'm going to give it you again and give it you again and give it you again. And I think that's all I can do. I can't control the future. Yeah. 
I can guarantee you though that your time with me, the present, what we're going to do right now is going to be magical. And I think if I was on, if, if I was that person, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Just to forget for a few moments, just for, to forget and enjoy and to be present in that happiness just for yeah. that minutes. I think that, yeah. that to me is quite special. Yeah, so special. It's like this bubble, like bits of that dream, of that happiness bubble that then without, that's, I love that. It's amazing. What's next for you? People making people happy, Nick. This is the way I see it, Nick, is I'm happy, man. I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy that people are seeing real love real on this is the power of being so yeah i've never thought i've never tried to be anybody else but myself that's why you see me with my crusty toes out all the time <laughs> and, it's not, and i think i'm happy what's next for me is to keep on going there's thousands of disabled people around the world wheelchair users that have gotten up out of their wheelchairs because of my work they've sent me evidence video evidence i've got so many more corners of the globe to touch there's so many more elderly people, people that need hope around the world. Uh, I'm blessed that they've chosen me as that person to fuel their fire. And I just want that to continue, man, because I think the world needs it, Nick. It's, I think the world needs people that are genuine. And I hope that people see me as genuine. And I hope people see me as a source of inspiration and motivation that they can use. Like, not even just disabled people, able-bodied people well around the world and using my, my little that work my little bit of that energy my little videos that takes me 30 seconds to film people are uh, i'm getting real life changing inspiration yeah. of it and i'm i feel lucky that i've created that yeah and you know what i feel lucky that i've created a platform that sorry no you okay. young people can see amazing comments from around the world how many rooms that yeah as, like i already see it as like big bro's supposed to tell you that you're beautiful that you're strong that you're this that you're that that's my job. I'm big broke or mm -hmm. I'm whatever. But when my youngsters come in and they say, Jay, been on TikTok. Yeah. 3,000 comments. People <laughs> telling me that I'm amazing, that I'm beautiful and that I'm this and I'm that. I say, yes, I told you so. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm happy that I've created a platform that I can. Yeah. And also I feel like for other, you know, boys, girls coming up who are you know teenagers in their 20s looking you know trying to what am i going to do with the rest of my life you know that kind of thought process you know even in your 30s like what am i actually going to do with my life i feel like you are such an example of what's possible when you follow your truth you know you you are that and it's like and it's an inspiration not to be like a banker with a ferrari it's to be you you know like be you and do do good for helping others and how much more rewarding that is um and and like that in yourself is just such an such an inspiration my final oh actually no one question i want to ask is is you said that you impact people across the world so obviously you've got your tiktok and you've got your instagram but is there any way that people have access or can get training from you or it's, you have an online platform? No, I've not got a reason why I don't do the online stuff because disabilities are so different. Man. I know. Yeah. I could get, I could get, I can't do an online program purely because 
you could get 20 people with cerebral palsy and have yeah. 20 totally different abilities and yeah. strength levels and mobility. So the what I ought to say to people, and my biggest problem is, Nick, I'll never say no, man. I, if you can get to me, okay, I've got you. Like, okay. this is why people was all over Manchester and then people from Birmingham and London and then yeah. now Scotland and Ireland and people... <laughs> I'm I'm blessed that people from bloody Australia and America have flown over just to come to J7. It's unbelievable. Yes. It's weird as hell, but it's it unbelievable. But if you can get to me, I'm, I, and uh, me and the boy, I've got a wonderful staff team here now that I've, uh, I've taught a blueprint that they've embraced and now they, they, they do the same. And if you can get to me, man, I'd always give people a, as much of me as I can. Yeah. Because I know my brother's friend where they live down in Dorset, um, they they would be you know there in a heartbeat. They, they, so, they if they come Manchester, I need them. I yeah. need them. They, yeah. they come to Manchester, please send them my way. I've got them. You're amazing. Amazing sex. Um, and my final question, and this is a question that I ask every single guest, is what advice would you give to your younger self? Deep. Deep. The advice that I give to my younger self is, uh, I know what Nick. I, I, I love hard. I love hard, man. If I love you, I love you, and I'm loyal to you. But do you know what? I won't give. I think opportunities are earned. I get. I've given too many people opportunities that don't deserve it. And what I mean by that is knowing you're somebody who's got a lot of love to give. People see that, and they will use that and. Not necessarily, they'll, they'll take that love because they know that you're going to give it. And I think next, if I was to give myself any advice is don't give people too many opportunities because when you do that, I think I get hurt and people sabotage my heart and hurt my heart because mm. I'm too loving and they know that I'm going to help them. And I've had a few people do some horrible things over the years. Uh, I mean, real, not even like horrible, horrible as in the word is using my kindness you know what I mean so I think yeah don't give people too many opportunities uh, one thing that I would also tell my younger self is me I should have been me I've always been myself man I've always been myself but I went through a phase in my early cricketing days because you just want to be a cricketer and you don't want to upset you don't want to upset nobody especially the gaffer especially the managers because they're the ones who can get you on Sky Sports and get you these big contracts. But I held my mouth with, with certain things that I shouldn't have. And I wish, you know what, I would have said, not about the money or the contract. As a human, you're not going to disrespect me. You're not going to disrespect other people. You're going to treat people nice. And I wish I had the balls when I was 15, 16 to tell people that were older than me that they treat people well. That makes sense. Complete sense. And I think I could even agree with I a lot of us can probably relate to that. Feeling that, well, I'm only sixteen, I'm only twenty, I'm only the young the older people are therefore right, even yeah. though they're not, but we just put them on their platform and, and that's what we're told to behave and be good when actually it's not right. And yeah. so love that. What do we know? I just think this has been my most favorite conversation ever, and I just well, I could just talk to you for hours and hours. Let's do another one, Dan. Yeah, do another one. Well, listen, 
season three is going to be in person. So I'm going to get you down here in London. It's a studio and then we can, I mean, energy transference will be on another level. 110% girl, promise me that by next season three, I want to come down, I want to meet you. I want to meet your mum more than you though. <laughs> yeah, I want to meet your mum. She'll be there. She'll be there. She'll... Actually, maybe she can have a cameo. She loves chatting, so she can she can have a few questions for herself and we can dive deeper in seconds. You are amazing, a legend, an inspiration. And I just know that it's just the beginning for what you're doing and creating. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, girl. 